I want to turn your attention to a really incredible passage of Scripture found in the book of Acts chapter 9. We're going to read starting in verse 1 and maybe, I don't know, 10 or so verses. We're going to read about this guy named Saul and the encounter that he has with Jesus. Check it out. Let's start with verse 1 as we read through it. It says this, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for the cooperation and the arrest of any followers of the way found there. He wanted to bring them in, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him and he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. Then the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into this city and you will be told what you must do. So the men with Saul stood speechless. <laughs> that part cracks me up every time because if you think about it, they're just standing there with him when all of this happens. And they stand there speechless and they heard the sound, it says, and they saw no one. And Saul picked himself off the ground, verse 8. But when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by hand to Damascus, and he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. And if you read down through the rest of this passage, you'll see that in just a few days, Paul is sent out. And instead of going and persecuting people, he then flips the script. He begins to go out and, and preach the gospel and teach people about this Jesus that he has radically encountered. I want to take a minute and pray and then give you the title of today's message. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time. Go before me, Father, and speak through me. Every word, Father. I pray that every person listening today, God, is encouraged by your grace, your mercy, and your love. And we give you the praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're titling this sermon, if you're taking some notes, I want you to write these three words down. Be the change. Be the change. I think we are in a time in history when change is needed the most. Can I get an amen maybe? Change is not always easy, but it's necessary. And in fact, if you read through the course of Scripture in the Bible, everything in the Bible is challenging us to consistently change to consistently grow, to consistently get better and even closer to God. And let me remind you, Jesus came to this earth to bring change. And right now with the current state of our country and everything else, I think it is all more appropriate that we encourage one another to push and to be challenged to see change in our nation. All throughout the New Testament, especially in the Gospels, we see Jesus' stance for the oppressed, for those who are, are hurting, for those who need change. Jesus wasn't just against racism, y'all. Jesus hated racism. And as your pastors, from Sarah and I to our church, Beacon Church, and as believers, we take that stance too. We are anti-racist. We knew planting this church. We knew. We didn't hope. We knew planting this church, it would be a, a diverse church an inclusive church for all people, an anti-racist church. 
But this is a conversation that doesn't just need to come up when when times are talking about it. This is a conversation that has to be continuous in order for real change to take place. Come on, can I get an amen? God's word is blunt about this subject. Many times throughout the course of scripture, we read things that are very obvious about God and his stance for inclusivity. It says we are all created equal. We are all forgiven, all forgiven by the blood of Jesus. We are all loved equal. You can go on and on and on. God doesn't show favoritism at all. In fact, listen to what it says in the book of James for a minute. James chapter 2, verse 9 says, But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. It's a little harsh if you think, but no, that is words from the gospel. That is Jesus, and that is the reality of what he feels and what you should feel too. If we favor some people, it is wrong, and it is a sin. And it actually says you are guilty of breaking the law. Another version of this says it like this, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by law as transgressors. Partiality translates in the Greek into this incredibly long word. Let me attempt to say this word. It's prosopolimpsia. And it simply means to show favoritism or prejudice, to treat one person as inherently better than another. So what is these scriptures saying? Such prejudice, such partiality is wrong. It's sin, which is why I believe it's time to be the change. It's time to represent and embody the love that Jesus came and brought to this earth 2,000 years ago. It is time to be the change and to show this very love of Jesus. We can't do it on our own. You got to understand in order to be the change, we have to be changed by God first. In order to be the light, we have to have the light living inside of us first. We have to bring Jesus into the equation. Can I get an amen? There are moments when we feel like, I don't know if I want to change. I like where I'm at. I don't know if I need to need to really change. I'm comfortable. But let me remind you, change is necessary for growth. Can I get an amen? Change is necessary for God to continue doing something in our life and in this country today. We can't wait on the world to change. I really believe that we have to be the change that this world so desperately needs. There are pivotal moments in everybody's life. Uh, moments that they can remember a, a quick as soon as it comes to their mind. Moments where they felt far from God. Moments where they felt close to God. Moments that they can remember that God was speaking to them and, and changing their life. But I really want to talk to you to help you understand that change is not just a one-time experience by God. Change has to be something that we wake up every day expecting from Jesus. The word change really means to make or become different. We've got to wake up every day and be reminded by the grace God gives us, by the freedom that God brings to us, by the love that was shown for us and allow that to change us and change our perspective and change our thoughts every single day. Let me tell you about Saul's life for a minute. Saul was educated. 
Saul thought he knew what he was doing. Saul was doing everything he thought was right until he encountered Jesus. And that same Jesus took that same Saul, the energy and the passion that he had, and he flipped it. And instead of going and persecuting others, what did Saul do? His name was changed to Paul. And he went out to share and to show the love of Jesus and tell everybody about the grace that he found by the Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to give you three quick things that I really feel passionate about in order to see change and in order to be the change. And the first thing is this, check your heart. Come on, can I get real for a minute? Check your heart. If we're going to see change, it's got to start with us. We've got to check our heart. When we allow God to come into our life, when we allow Jesus to, to fill us, to come inside of us, something in us truly changes. Something, does, something is changed from the inside out. And listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. All the old stuff goes away when Jesus comes into our life and sets us free. We become new. We become a new person. God is a God of new and not of old. When God does something inside of you, listen up. And now, now it's the time when he's done something inside of you to embrace the change and to not see it as just a one-time fix-all, as just a one-time encounter. No, 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 no. When God changes you, we've got to embrace that change and that calling and that sense of purpose and move forward every single day knowing I've been changed, I've been set free, and I'm going to be used by God to do something great in this world. Here's the catch. It's still your choice to walk in the change that God has brought to you. It's still your choice to walk in the change that he's given you and the freedom that he's given you and the grace that he's given you. It is your choice to wake up and to walk in it. Every day, you can either put on the identity of your flesh or you can put on the identity that God has given you and walk with Him throughout the day, throughout your weeks and months and years. It'd be easy for me to just stand up here and preach this message and just say, oh yeah, freedom, and oh yeah, grace, and oh yeah, let me tell you about Paul. He was changed and transformed, and yep, one time he did that, and he never suffered, and he never went through anything. He was never persecuted. He was never hurt. He was never, but that's really not the case. Paul was set free by Jesus, but that did not make his life easy. But did he give up? No, he did not. Did he stop trying to make a change? No, he did not. Did he consistently rise up and speak out against the very things that were in that certain time in history? Absolutely. He got locked up for it at times. He got beat up for it at times. He got cussed at and spit on and walked over. But Paul kept going because he knew he was called by God to bring the change that people needed in that culture. The reality is every day you've got to wake up and remind yourself Whose you are. Progress takes change and change takes work. God doesn't just want to renew you once. He wants to renew you every single day. We, we can labor in prayer. 
God change this, God do this, God fill this, God go here, and, and all of these different words. But I believe God speaks not just with words, but with actions. And sometimes it is our actions that God will speak through. It is us walking by faith, not by sight. It's us taking a stance for what is right in this world. To become new, we got, we got to check our heart and make sure if we're going to be the change that we first are evaluating, am I allowing God to change me first? Second thing is this, take a stance. Take a stance. This is imperative if we're going to make change and see a change because, well, we've got to take a stance. You remember the old saying, if we're going to talk the talk, then, well, you better walk the walk. Come on, if we want to be people of influence and if we want to be people who share the gospel and spread the love of Jesus and link arms together and say we are in this as one body, then we got to stop just talking and, and just trying to post stuff and just agree here. No, we've got to get outside. We've got to walk it out. I'm a firm believer in taking action. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to act on it. What does that mean? That means when others hurt, you hurt. That, that means we stand up for justice. Come on, can I get an amen? We fight for those who have been oppressed and overlooked. We don't just say, oh, I'm sorry. No, we get in the trenches with those and actually make a real difference. Come on, it's one thing to over-spiritualize that component and say, oh, just go pray about it. Oh, just go think about it. God's got a handle on that. That's not the case. Jesus was in the trenches with those who were hurting. Jesus got down on his knees and consistently, time after time after time, he served those who needed to be served. He purposefully passed over the elite to go directly to those who were hurting and needed him the most. Jesus didn't just come to save the lost. Come on, I'm about to preach. Jesus came to serve the lost. Can I get an amen? It's far more contagious for people to see the love of Jesus than to just hear about this love. It's far more contagious for people to actually be, for there to actually be an encounter with the love of Jesus than for them to just read it or see a post about it or, or hear somebody talk about it. We are the change this world needs. And if people are going to see the love of Christ, it starts with us being Christ, being the hands and feet of Jesus. You and I must set the standard in our churches, in our workplaces, in our families, and in our communities. We must set the standard of what biblical love and justice really looks like. I love this quote. Check it out. It says, we must be proactive, positive, initiatory. We must take proactive, positive, initiatory steps to model the inclusive love of Jesus. What we see throughout the New Testament is how Jesus preached truth in love. He, he wasn't just one person trying to over-spiritualize all of humanity. No, what did he do? He brought all things down so that people could understand it. And he addressed real issues with real action he served those who, frankly, had been thrown to the curb. He loved those who, well, others had stopped loving. He went to those 
who others had forgotten. And he made sure that they knew how much he cared. He wept with those who wept. He was angry with those who were frustrated and tired. In fact, he was so angry when he saw what was being done in the temple that he actually went there himself and took action. Listen to this. He took action, flipping the tables, getting frustrated because God's house was being used in a different way than what was supposed to be happening. And in fact, there were things taking place that day. You can go back and read the text for yourself that proved even back then racism existed and Jesus himself was angered by it. He purposefully knelt down with those who were hurting and weeping and didn't just pat him on the back and say, oh, I care about you. No, he got down there with them and loved them where they were first. We have to be willing, church, to stand with those, to hurt with those who are hurting. That doesn't mean that we'll fully understand their hurt. That doesn't mean we'll fully understand maybe where others are coming from. But what we can say is I believe in the same God that you believe in, and I'm going to link arms with you for real divine change. And this just go, this goes beyond racism. This, this is a real human problem in this world. It's called sin. We've got to continue to be the light of this world so that people can see Jesus and consistently be changed by his grace. Which brings me really to the third point. And it's the title of our message today. The third thing is be the change. We've got to actually be the change. Paul was instantly changed by the love and by the power and by the grace of Jesus, which led him to change others, to take action, to go out and to speak about this love that he encountered and he found called Jesus. He was one of the earliest church leaders whose eyes were opened to what was taking place. Jesus opened his eyes to see all of the injustice that was taking place even back then. And he could have easily walked past it, easily just thrown it underneath and, and not talked about it. But what did he do? He made it a point to talk about the things, to talk about the divides, even back then that were happening, and he addressed it. There was so much division, even in the early church days, as it was being formed. Paul was on the front lines. In fact, one of the greatest scriptures that he writes to us, because he addresses it many times in many different ways, but Romans 10, 12 is a great example of what he says. He says, for there is no difference between Jew and Jew. And Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. I believe the closer we draw to God, the closer we can draw towards one another. That's why the gospel of God's love is the only transformational answer to the challenges we face in this world today. The civil rights movement and legislation were essential. To lives, to the lives of so many, essential to the lives of so many who face legalized discrimination. But let me help you understand laws don't change people, Jesus does. And if we are going to see real change in this world today, 
It's got to start with us spreading the love of Jesus. It's got to start with us allowing Jesus to change our heart so that then we can go out and spread that same grace and love and mercy to everyone and link arms together as one to see the change that we so desperately want to see. Everything Jesus said, everything Jesus did, everywhere Jesus led was out of love. It was out of love for others so that they can be changed, so that they can encounter something new that they had never felt before. It's all done through love. It's all done through love. If I can challenge anybody today with that one word, I'll start with myself. And I hope today as I'm speaking this, you're thinking down to yourself, how can I do better in loving my neighbor? How can I do better in linking arms with my friends? How can I do better on standing the front lines and allowing my voice either to speak up or to even listen as others speak up so that I can learn and help be the change this world so desperately needs. We stand up today as a church for our black brothers and sisters. And we say it is, it is just as much a hurt to us when we see the injustice that is taking place. And I believe that the love of Jesus right now is what people are hungry for. And I know for a fact that his heart is broken. And what is it going to take, church family? It's going to take us coming together on our knees and on our face before God, saying, bring us change and allow us to make a difference in this world today. Maybe you're watching and you are sitting there or listening or wherever you could be. And you're hurting right now. You're heartbroken right now. All week long, you've been plagued with visuals and images of things happening that just frankly are ridiculous, that are sinful, that are wrong. And now we have incredible resources that people are beginning to share, things that churches are doing to take a stance and rise up that's absolutely incredible. But change is not a one-time thing. Change has to be a consistent thing, a conversation that doesn't end. We can't just be the light one day and take a break from it the next. We can't just show God's love one day and then in another conversation do the complete opposite. It is going to take us being consistent as a church and as believers and as a body, linking arms together, saying every single day we want to make progress and we're going to fight for change. As a church, we are here, we are praying, and we are believing that God is going to do something so special in the coming days and that true revival is coming to this city. We as a church take a stance against racial injustice and we are fighting every single day and doing everything we can to learn, to listen, and to lead through this season. I wanna pray for you and then leave you with one more song from our good friend John Wilds as we conclude today's message. Let's pray together, church. Father, we thank you for this message. God, I pray that everything that was spoken, Father, everything was shared, our people were able to hear you through it all. God, I'm an imperfect person, but I believe that you can speak through me to make an impact in this culture and in this world. 
God, you've called us to take a stance. You've called us to be the change. Give us the courage, give us the ability, give us the strength, give us the boldness, Father, to be the change in this culture and in this world. Let us share your love. Let us show your love as we continue to link arms with our brothers and sisters and fight every single day for real justice in this world. God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We lift everyone up in prayer for your safety, for protection, Lord God, and for your strength on the body of Christ. God, bless this country and everybody watching. God, we'll give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen and amen.